0: Good morning. Ooh, it's a great Sunday to be here. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. Pleasure. What a powerful time of worship uh, this morning. Thank you, worship team. Guys, it's Baptism Sunday. Yeah, I know. And in one of my kids, my daughter, is getting baptized. So let me tell you something. If I even make it four minutes into this message without Crying, It will be nothing short of a miracle. It's emotional. It's a powerful day. Before we get into the message, though, I actually want to bring something to your attention that we're super excited about. I don't even have time fully this morning to get into all of it. We're going to get into some of it t- uh, next week. Um, but look around. It's not like there's a whole lot of seats available to us right now, right? We're packed in here today. And I am pleased to tell you that we are moving from this location. We're returning to Kennesaw Elementary School just down the street. We're going to have a lot more room, a lot more flexibility with kids space and different things like that. But here's one of the fun and exciting things that we get to do for the first time in the history of our church. And that is this right here. We get to buy brand New chairs. Now, if you've ever been to church in a a school, they typically have like hard plastic chairs. And we used to, when we we were there several years ago, we had those hard plastic chairs and we didn't think anything of them. But now we've been here. (laughs) Right? We've been been sitting on these chairs. We're used to it, right? We like it. But here's the thing about chairs is is it's the kind of thing that's going to go with us Wherever we go. And so this is an investment we want to make as a church. And so here's this is a pledge card, okay? Whether you're brand new today, whether it's your first time, whether you've been here for, you know, five years, right? I want to invite you to participate. In fact, I'm using language even stronger than invite. Please do this. If this is your church in particular, come on with it. Let's bring some generosity and let's bring some Faith to the table, amen. Here's what we want to do for every person in your family. I want to see a stretch and let's let's invest in a chair and let's invest in a chair for somebody else who isn't yet sitting here. You guys with me on this? Does this make sense? Right? That's what we're doing. We, We can do this as a church. We can buy 200 chairs and get ready for the next season and the next chapter of our church. We can do it. In fact, we're going to do it. Amen? All right. So with that, you can take this card. It's a pledge card. You're not obligated to anything, right? The bank isn't going to call you or anything like that because you filled this out. But we have offering boxes in the little atrium on the way out the door. If you want to fill it out, put it in. We'll know what you're wanting to do or what you're praying about doing. We're going to pray with you. We're going to join in your faith. And we're going to get some. We're gonna get 200 chairs for this joint. Whoo! All right. Uh, so you can drop that in the offering box. Uh, families, it's a family service today, so our kids are with us. Kids, I've got some great news for you. I have great news. Any child that's coloring right now, pause, okay? You have the chance this summer to win $3 million. Oh, not because the church is giving that to you. But you have the opportunity. If, if you and your parents, your mom or your dad or both, happen to get in your car and drive to the great state of Oklahoma, you just might be able to get a bounty on a creature known as Bigfoot. This is a legitimate bounty. There has even been a house bill 1648 brought to the floor to create an official Bigfoot hunting season in the state of Oklahoma. And if you can bag a Bigfoot and prove that it's alive, you can take home the cash prize of $3 million. How exactly is that working? I don't really know. How is this being brought as a bill to the table? Also, I don't know. Does this instill greater or lesser faith in your elected officials? Also, I don't know the answer to this. Okay? I don't know. Here's what I know, though. In the history of mankind, the thousands of years or however however long we've been on this earth, no one has been able to capture the great Bigfoot. But this, forget summer sports... This is your chance. Okay, kids, right time, right place, right people. Maybe you're the one. Now we laugh about it. But we all know the right place, right time. You could be the one. Think of all the right place, right time, right people moments that you have experienced in your life. Some of them are big, some of them are small. Right, you're at the airport, and it's that person that you haven't seen in years, but you had just been thinking about them, like they had just come to your mind, and and you're thinking that way, and then you run into them of all the places there, right, or the the random location or the restaurant, and, and you just you run into them. It's right time, right place. Who could have scripted this? Who could have arranged this? I was just thinking about you. Anybody? Experienced that before? Or maybe it's a different kind of right place, right time. You ever been in your car? Right? And there's the the accident that happens or the near accident that happens right in front of you. As in like, like inches away from you being the one that just gets clocked right and everybody oh thank god walks away right uh doing well but you think to yourself holy cow if 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 things had changed by just a couple inches i might not be here thank you god right place right time god thank you for sparing me in this moment whoo you kind of offer that prayer in the car you know what i'm talking about where you're like thank you god Or maybe you've had a day, maybe you've had a week, and you're at Costco, BJ's, Sam's, and it's just, you're down. You get to the end of the aisle, and you round that corner, and what's waiting for you? You know what it is. It's a free sample. (laughs) But it's not just like a health drink free sample. Who wants that? It's the, it's the like warm apple pie with a little bit of ice cream, free sample. And you're like, God, thank you. How did you know, Costco? Right time, right place. How did you know what I so deeply needed in this moment to be encouraged? We all know these moments and we laugh about them, but we have them. And my encouragement to you today, before we get out of our seats and and, and and cheer on some people putting their faith in Jesus through baptism, I want to remind you that it isn't just coincidence. It's not just this random, you know, right time, right place kind of sentiment that we have. We serve a God who is intimately acquainted Acquainted with the affairs of our lives, the needs of our hearts. And he is moving in your midst. He is a right time, right place, with right people, kind of God. And he is moving on your behalf. And my prayer for you today is that when we leave this service, this moment, that you would have fresh courage for trusting God in every area of your life. Amen? Turn to Acts The book of Acts this morning, chapter 8, verse 26. One of my favorite accounts of the Spirit of God moving uh, in the life of the early church, in the lives of people. Here's where we are, verse 26, chapter 8. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, okay? Philip is, is a disciple in the church, by the way. Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet, and the spirit told Philip, Go, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot, and he heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. It's from Isaiah chapter 53. It says that he was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. Verse 34, eunuch asks Philip, Tell me, please, who's the prophet talking about, himself or somebody else? Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. This is a wild story. Philip is coming off of the heels of tremendous revival that's happening in Samaria. I mean, fruitful ministry that's taken place. If there's ever a moment where you're expecting maybe God to say, hey, kind of camp out here. There's a lot of great things happening. I could really use you in Samaria. This would be the moment, except God doesn't do that. In fact, God says, hey, strap on your shoes. I want you to go to the desert road of Gaza. And so Philip says, okay. And he just begins. He takes off. He doesn't know where he's actually going. He doesn't know who he's going to run into. He doesn't know what, what ministry is getting ready to ensue or, or what, what's in front. Of him. He just knows that God has told him to do this. And so what does he do? He gets going. And what you may not know about the desert road of Gaza is that this is not the popular road at the time. This is like backwoods territory. This is not the the, the road that if you're an Ethiopian official that you would ordinarily be traveling on. It's also not the road that you would be putting your shoes to go look for a ministry encounter or a ministry engagement on. This isn't happening. It's a desert road, a wilderness road. This is where bandits are hanging out. It's dangerous. It's dry. It's deserted. Nobody's using this road. And yet the Spirit of God says, Philip This is where I want you to go, the desert road of Gaza. And so Philip goes. And who does he run into along the way? He runs into an Ethiopian official. Somebody of importance. Somebody historically that... We're going to see a ministry encounter here. And while I I don't have the documentation to somehow prove it in this moment, historians and theologians point to this moment as this eunuch, as this official bringing the gospel to Ethiopia and opening up a brand new whole part of the world to who Jesus is. It's extraordinary what takes place with just a simple act of obedience. But the, the the Philip he he puts on his shoes and he runs into the Ethiopian official. Why? How does this happen? Because we serve a God who meets you at just the right time, at just the right place, with just the right people. How many times have you experienced that even in your own life. You may be in a down moment right now, but I promise you, if you look critically at your life, you can acknowledge a right time, right place, right people kind of God at work in your life as well. This is who we serve. He is the God of details. Nothing misses him. Yes, he breathed the stars into existence, and he also knows how many hairs are on your head. Amazing God. So Philip leaves. But he doesn't just leave. He leaves a time of revival in Samaria, and he starts walking, but he doesn't just start walking. He starts walking, and, and, and somehow God has arranged the pieces so that when he spoke to Philip, and when Philip listened, and when Philip actually started leaving, he would leave at just the exact right time. Because he could have gone to the desert road of Gaza and completely missed the chariot that's on the road. But he leaves at just the right time. Coincidence? I think not. He leaves at just the right time. But he doesn't just leave at just the right time. He, He leaves at just the right time the official is reading from the book of Isaiah. The guy could have been having the biggest fat nap of his life in the back of a chariot, in a wilderness road, where it's hot. You know what you want to do when it's hot? It's a desert road. You don't want to be reading from the book of Isaiah. You want to be sleeping, right? You want somebody to to be fanning you in the back of the chariot. No, he's reading from the book of Isaiah. But he's not just reading from the book of Isaiah. He's reading from the exact passage that's foretelling Jesus in the book of Isaiah. And he isn't just reading it, he's reading it out loud at the exact same time that Philip comes up to the chariot and hears all the right things at all the right places with all the right, whatever, all the right stuff. He's a right time God. Right time right place, right people. Because he's not forgotten the details of your life. Verse 36. Well, actually, before that, what does the eunuch ask Philip? Looks at him and says, man, is this, something's going on when I'm reading this. I can't quite tell, is this, Is he talking about somebody else? Is he talking about himself? And of course, Philip, having just come off of the heels of the resurrection, tells and has the joy of telling this man about Jesus the Messiah, the fulfillment of who he's just gone to Jerusalem. This eunuch, this official, he's just left Jerusalem where he's been worshiping God. And now the missing piece, there's still something missing in his heart. And he's reading Isaiah and there's a stirring that's happening. And he knows there's something, there's questions in his heart. Is this about about somebody else? Is there somebody else to come? Is there there something that I'm missing here? And Philip fills in the gap, fills in the details because he's a God of details. Verse 36, as they travel along the road. The desert road. They come to what? Some water. What do you not normally find on a desert road? Water. And if you find water, is it like, okay, get your straw. You know, like it's a little bit. We're not talking about the kind of water you would ordinarily find large enough to immerse somebody in and yet here they are all the coincidences in the world have just come together in this moment and they find water i don't think so because he's a god of details they came to some water and the eunuch said look here's water what can stand in the way of my being baptized and he gave orders to stop the chariot Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. What can stop me from being baptized? What's standing in my way? Is there anything? What's what's stopping me? because I'm hearing you talk about a Messiah. I'm hearing you talk about Jesus, Sir Philip, who I just met about five minutes ago. You've shared the gospel with me. I'm I'm hearing about Jesus, and I'm hearing about people putting their faith in him, and and now we're, we're here at some water, and I'm asking you, is there anything stopping me? Is there anything standing in my way From me getting out of this chariot, humbling myself before this unbelievable God, and giving my life to Him through baptism. Is anything standing in my way? I don't think so. Stop the chariot. This is happening, and it's happening right now. He is a God of the details. He meets us at just the right time, does he not? He meets us in just the right places with just the right people. And it's not that he just will meet you. He will also use you. You you can be on either side of this equation. Maybe you are the, the, the Ethiopian official needing God to show up in a powerful right now kind of moment. But in the same breath, God will also use you to be the kind of person Who is that right now, right place, right kind of person for somebody else? He'll use you to be that, to do that. And it's high time that we trusted God with the details of our life. Whether it's stepping out in fruitful ministry or it's letting God minister to us through somebody else. Oftentimes it's both at the same time, both sides of the same coin. Why can we trust him? Because he is a God that moves in the details, in the affairs of our life. Nothing misses him. It's amazing. So Philip shares the gospel and he baptizes him. And I'm willing to bet that he read a little bit more from Isaiah 53. Verse 12, he willingly gave his life and was treated like a criminal. But he carried away the sins of many people and asked forgiveness for those who sinned. See, Philip is sharing the gospel with the Ethiopian official. And What kind of gospel is Philip sharing? It's a simple gospel. That there is a Savior who walked this earth his name is Jesus. He is the Son of God, and He has taken away the sins of the world. There's something inside of you that longs for relationship with God, but it's broken, isn't it? Yes, it is. That brokenness is called sin. What are you possibly going to do about it? I don't know, but I'm reading the book of Isaiah, and I'm, and I'm reading about somebody who takes away my sins, who, who, who died the death of a criminal, but who wasn't a criminal. Who is the Bible talking about here? Well, I'm so glad you asked, and I'm so glad I left when I left. And I'm so glad I was running alongside your chariot at just the right time. You opened the scroll and we're reading it out loud. And I heard you reading it out loud. And by the way, there's some water coming. You're going to love this. And all the pieces just have come together for us today, haven't they, Ethiopian official? Let me tell you about the God that we serve who sent his son Jesus and he sent him for you. And he takes away the sins of the world, but not just the world, yours. The brokenness that you have between God Almighty has been satisfied by the sacrifice of this man. He did what you couldn't do. He lived a perfect life. He lived a perfect life and he did it for you. And he took the punishment of your sin upon his shoulders and he went to the cross and he died the death that we Deserve, but because he was perfect and because he didn't sin, sin had no hold on him. And he rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and victorious over death. That's what this Messiah has done. He is the one you have been looking for, he is the one that you have longed for. And he is the God of the details. And you, sir, are being met by the spirit of the living God right here in your chariot. He is a right now. He is a right time, right place, right people kind of God because he knows what you need. And much like the Ethiopian official, what can stop me? What's standing in the way from me responding to this God? And the answer is absolutely nothing. He is good. He is gracious. He is kind. He is loving. And he is drawing you into deeper relationship with him or into relationship with him for the very first time. So here's what we're going to do today. Because he is a right time, right place, right people kind of God. Some of you are sitting here today and you're here as part of the Philip story of somebody else's life. A young one maybe who's getting baptized today. And you're a part of the equation and, and because of that we celebrate and we, we literally worship God together. And we say thank you God for how amazing you are. Thank you for using us. Thank you for letting us be a part of somebody else's story. But some of you also have a new chapter that also needs to begin for yourself today. Some of you are sitting here today, and you need to ask yourself this question. Am I here today? Because the God of heaven and earth is is arranging all the pieces for me to respond. I need to respond. My heart's beating out of my chest today. All the things seem to have kind of been lined up. The stars are aligning for me, for my chariot moment, where I'm hearing the gospel, and you know what? What's stopping me from responding? And the answer is absolutely nothing. Nothing's keeping you. Nothing's keeping you, because Jesus has removed every single barrier between you and God Almighty. Do you need to be baptized today? Do you need to put your faith in Jesus and identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of our risen Lord? See, when that chariot stopped by the water, the water represents you being made clean. And the Ethiopian official got out and they got down into the water. And, and down into the water they go in baptism. And the old life is left behind. The sin is washed away. And they come out of the water new and fresh and clean. And it is, it is a decision of faith to trust God. And some of you are at that place today. And there's nothing keeping you from being baptized either. It may not have been scheduled. You may not have had time to tell your parents or your family or your brother or your sister. You may not have even brought the right clothes. Okay. Fair enough. There's still nothing stopping you. You can wait and you can schedule it. I get that. But for some of you, the waiting is over. And it's time to respond. Stand to your feet. Father, I thank you in this moment that the same spirit that sent Philip at the right time, at the right place with the right people, the same spirit, the same Holy Spirit that was at work, then is the same Holy Spirit that is at work right now. Now, Lord, I'm asking that you, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you would work in our church and in our midst right now. God, let us be a people who ask, what's keeping me, Lord? What's preventing me? Is there anything standing in the way? Let us have that posture. Let us have that hope. Let us have that faith, God. And Lord, with joy, we acknowledge and say, because of Jesus, nothing stands in the way. And we celebrate new life today. If you're standing here today and you need to put your faith in Jesus, well, the invitation stands literally right where you are. Say, Jesus, I believe that you are my King. You are Messiah, my Savior, and you take away the sins of the world, and you take away my sin. I give you my life today. Everything, I give you all. You're the God of the details, and I give you all the details of my life today. Amen. Amen.